Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Summer Heat Wave. We are continuing the NFC East. This time, we're actually going to give you the Eagles, just like we promised. The Eagles! In 32 days, today we hit the Eagles with Brodo Fantasy. Of course, I'm with my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop. What's up? I am Tim Petrop. Again, check us out during the season. We go over every single Fantasy Viable player with two episodes a week, plus extra episodes in our Patreon that has multiple extras. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, and I will give you all the extras of the Patreon. But for now, let's get into it. BrotoFantasy.com for all this stuff, by the way. Let's get into it. The offensive outlook for the Eagles. Doug Peterson is back. Um, he did fire Mike Groh, who is his offensive coordinator, but he calls the plays anyway, even when the offensive coordinator was employed. Press Taylor, who's a 32-year-old quarterbacks coach, will also be the passing game coordinator. And Jeff Stoutlin will be the defensive, I mean, sorry, the running game coordinator, which he has been. So kind of a new offensive system here, but the same guy calling the same plays, even though the offensive coordinator is no longer with us. And speaking of the same guy calling the same plays, the Eagles would like to see the same guy call the same plays all season for once, and that's Carson Wentz. Now, he did play the whole regular season last year, but famously left the game in the playoffs, and that cost them because no Nick Foles last year was Josh McCown taking over. Um, Injuries are always a concern, but finished last season, uh, he was right in the middle of the pack in terms of quarterbacks, but new season, new weapons around him. D-Jax is back. Jalen Rager's in the fold. Miles Sanders has uh, considered himself, I mean, has uh, proven himself as a pass catcher. It's interesting because although they had no receivers last year and they were throwing to Mac Hollins and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who still could be the starter, by the way. we got to see how that plays out. But even though they were, they were only throwing to those guys, the Eagles were 11th in passing offense last year. Plus, last year, Wentz coming back from injury did not run as much. So you'll see him use his legs. He's going currently as the quarterback 12. Personally, for me, I am very comfortable going into the season with Carson Wentz as my starting quarterback. What are your guys' thoughts about Carson Wentz? Yeah, so we are all very high on Carson Wentz, but the more I dug into him, the lower I got on him. I, I The initial rankings, I had him at QB5 overall, and That's now right. now I've moved him down. I, I'll, I think he's going to end somewhere between QB8 and QB12 this season, which means his QB12 ADP is very nice. He was QB10 overall last season in 2019 when a wide receiver did not surpass 500 yards receiving. Not a single receiver surpassed 500 yards receiving. Goddard, Ertz, and Sanders did, and that was it. At the end of the year, he was thrown to Greg Greg Ward, former Houston uh, University quarterback, as his main receiver. In 2018, he was the QB 15 in points per game. Last year, QB 13 in points per game. 2017 QB three in points per game that that was the Eagles best year by far they had the best offensive line they've ever had Alshon Jeffrey was healthy for the majority of the season can Jason uh, excuse me can Carson Wentz return to that form they have Jason, Jason I was gonna say point. Jason Peters out. is still <laughs> they re-signed Jason Peters to play tackle again and now he's gonna play guard uh, excuse year. me yeah. to play guard not play tackle because he's like 35 but he's still good so good good for them it's just like it's a little hard because Carson Wentz's true throw value is QB 16 last year, only 6.7 yards per attempt, which is the same as Josh Allen. 
taking into account Jalen Rager, taking into account DJX being healthy, Goddard, Ertz, Sanders getting better, I think a QB8 uh, finish is likely, but I'm a little lower than him than I originally was to start the offseason. Um, yeah, I agree. Jason, what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz? Uh, I, I agree with what Michael said. I think he's a good option as a late-ish quarterback because he's not going super early, and he has yeah. a lot of upside. So I like him as an upside pick. There is a chance you take him, and he's not starting for you every week, but that's fine. Um, you're probably not taking him for that role. But he did a lot with a little last year, uh, and we've seen him almost be MVP before. Yeah, It's interesting, you know, because he's going in a kind of round, like eighth, ninth round, where you're drafting quarterback, you're drafting a starter, and yeah. you're missing out on a pretty good bench piece in the eighth, ninth round. Like, you can get James White or someone like that in the eighth, ninth, eighth, ninth round. Kind of James I know White. Yo, I James White, give me the ten points as of, of my fifth running back off yeah, the you're bench. You're gonna take Cole Beasley too. Sheesh. Jeez, and, yo, Jay, I'll take James White, Cole Beasley to a championship. All right? No, you Don't wouldn't. Test um, <laughs> With their combined sixteen points, congratulations. Yeah, well, that's all I need to be your team. But um, <laughs> but it's interesting because he's gonna he's a good value per se, but you're expecting a lot. One guy I'm expecting a lot from, a guy I've been high on since the end of last year, a guy who rode my teams to the promised land. Well, some of my teams, other of my teams, he rode to the promised land, but they were already out because they lost in the first round because he didn't do shit week 14. Week 15 and 16 was great. Um, Miles Sanders has the making of a stud. He is one of my favorite guys to take a leap forward last year. Finished with 71 points in week 15 and 16 and really shined without Jordan Howard. He finishes the RB15 overall in his rookie season. And he proved to be a dual threat. 818 yards on the ground. 518 yards, 509 yards on 50 catches for six total TDs. Only four players in the entire league last season had 800 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards. You may have heard of them. CMC, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders. That's it. That's the four. He wasn't as polished as a runner. And people are looking for the next CMC out of him. And I don't think it's that crazy now. Is it going to be crazy to, to take a rookie to say he's going to set records like CMC did? No. But to say he's going to take that leap to be a better in-between-the-tackles runner and still have that value catching the ball, I think that he's a great value. I would draft him high. Michael actually today drafted him with a sixth overall pick. Yes, I so did. he's high on him too. Michael, why else should we be high on Miles Sanders? When I started this offseason, I was on the people are going to take Miles Sanders in the second round and I want nothing to do with it bandwagon. You're you were making and so man, much fun of me for my Miles Sanders love. Now I'm taking him sixth overall in the Raz Bowl. <laughs> I think people are just underestimating how ridiculously good of a rookie season Miles Sanders had. The 800 rushing yards, the 500 receiving yards. The only rookies to do that in the last two centuries are Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. The last time anyone did that besides those two as a rookie, Edgerin James in 1999. Shout out Edgerin James. Since 2000... There have been 61 seasons, so about three a year, where a running back goes 800 rushing yards, 500 receiving yards. 61. Guess who did it in the least amount of touches? Miles, Miles Sanders. Sanders. Miles Sanders, 61st of 61 in touches to get to 800 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards. He was 59th in rush attempts and 60th in receptions. Like, what more do you need to know about this guy? I don't want to hear about the Doug Peterson running back by committee narrative and Boston Scott was good at the end of the year. Congrats. Congrats to Boston Scott. Congrats to everyone who watches the Eagles and Doug Peterson. 
even if Miles Sanders only touches the ball 15 to 16 times a game, he's going to be a very good player. If he touches the ball 20 to 25 times a game, he absolutely has top five overall potential, which is why I'm just going to go all in on Miles Sanders this year because he was great last season on limited touches, and he's going to get more work this year. Even if there's, It's not like he's going to get the same amount of work he had last year and he put up 1,300 yards. No matter what, his workload is going up. So, yes, I'm all in on Miles Sanders this season. For me, man, with, with, the, with the Doug Peterson running back by committee argument, first of all, he's never had a situation where he has a back that's good enough not to be in a running back by committee. Second of all, even if he does have a running back by committee, let's say that Boston Scott comes in one out of every three drives. Miles Sanders is still going to get more work than he did last year. Yeah. So what are you complaining about? I'm taking him. I want him. The, the, it's, you know what? If I bust on him this year, I'm okay with it because the potential is through, through the roof. And if you're taking him at the <laughs> – That's what she said. <laughs> if you're taking him with the last uh, – in the back of the first round, like who are you going to take instead? And Boston I see like, yo, Boston Scott, I see going – I see Boston Scott going in like the eighth or ninth round in some drafts. Like people – like I saw someone even tweet – my breakout pick this season, Boston Scott. Like, what are you doing? That's yeah, ridiculous. Like, it's just so dumb. dumb. People out there. Yeah, it's There's just Boston Scott. Miles Sanders. Boston Scott Absolutely. is a handcuff. That's what he's gonna be. If you're drafting Boston Scott, it's for a backup. Will he have two or three games throughout the season where maybe he scores a touchdown and he puts up double-digit fantasy points? Sure, but it's not like he's gonna be a weekly viable starter. If you're starting Boston Scott every week, your team sucks. Simple as that. I just had to pull out the towel because it's so hot. I just wanted you guys to know we love you so much that I am under two fluorescent lights with no fan or making the dome look good whatsoever, and I am dripping sweat. It's ninety-one degrees in my apartment. You don't look that sweaty. I mean, I'm on, I'm, I'm on, I'm on camera with fucking quarantine hair. I haven't had a haircut in like eight months because of this damn virus. It was my goal to bring that up in every pod, and I forgot until now. I'm starting, I'm starting the campaign to get Michael to buzz cut his head. uh, uh, dot com. I'm, I'm, I'm buying that. I'm buying it. .com. Usually here's where we talk about the wide receivers, but this team's wide receivers are tight ends. So let's go to the tight ends. Zach Ertz. First of all, he underperformed his ADP last season. He was being drafted as the third tight end, but still had a productive season. 88 catches, over 900 yards, and six touchdowns. You're taking that all day, every day at your tight end. The thing is that he's very volume dependent. I'm going to ask you guys a question, and I don't know if you already looked this up, but if you did, don't answer. But what do you think his long catch was last season? Long catch, 30. huh? 29 yards. 30 yards was his longest catch. Why were we both fact, good, good, good guess, Jason. Yeah. In fact, what about two years ago? 31. 31. <laughs> 33. Oh, so he has not had a catch longer than 33 yards in two seasons. He is dependent on volume. But at the same time, that's okay because... We don't know what's going on with their wide receiver situation. Alshon, not, Alshon Jeffrey might not be back. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was extremely, extremely, extremely underwhelming last Terrible, season. Terrible, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marquise Goodwin has already opted out of the season. Yep. So it's very questionable. Djax always gets hurt. We don't know what we're getting out of Jalen Rager. It's very questionable what's going on. So Zach Ertz, now he doesn't have that ADP baked in. Now he's going in the fifth round where you can get him for a much more reasonable price it seems like people are sleeping on Zach Ertz this season. How do you guys feel about Zach Ertz? Tim could have just done this one on his own. He didn't need us. He's coming out with all the stats. <laughs> no, listen. Zach Ertz, 
Five of his six double-digit target games last season came after week eight. And a lot of people just gave it to the targets. Everything went right his way. Everything went his way last season. All the injuries. You know, the only way he digressed last season was from his career year the year before. You know who else digressed counting stats-wise last year? George Kittle. You don't see his ADP plummeting or people saying he's done. If you look at his targets over the last four years... 106, 110, 156, 135. And all his numbers just go with the targets. His best year was the most targets. Last year, second most targets. Second best season in catches. Second best season in yards. Third best season in touchdowns. His fantasy points sway with the amount of targets. And don't tell me that last season everything went his way and that he's not going to get that many targets again when he had 21 more targets in 2018 when everything didn't go his way. I don't understand. If anything... Other people coming into the fold this year, why wouldn't that hurt Dallas Goddard? Why wouldn't the backup, I put backup because he's not really the backup really, but why wouldn't the backup tight end be hurt by other options on the field? Not the starter, not Zach Ertz who's not going to get off. Goddard had a 70% snap share last year. They're not mutually exclusive, Goddard and Ertz. Yeah, they line up together a lot. That's yeah. how they're going to play. They're going to line up with two tight ends. It's Those were be... the two leading receivers last year. And Goddard had 87 targets. Right, eighty-eight. That's a it's, lot it's, of targets. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, a Aaron Hernandez Gronk situation. It was as like long that as last together. season, yeah. And I don't really like Goddard. Last year he Let's had opportunities Goddard. and he went fifty-six, six oh seven, and five. Let's go to Goddard because here's why I like Goddard, but here's why I'm probably gonna stay away from Goddard. I think his value comes with touchdowns, and it's very hard to predict touchdowns, right? So if I have Dallas Goddard. I'm taking him, but I'm also expecting to stream uh, tight ends in not great scenarios. Mm-hmm. Sixth in tight ends all year in red zone targets. Tw- uh, four catches he had in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Four catches he had inside the 10. Uh, guess how many of those went for touchdowns? Five? Four. All four. Yeah. All four of his oh, catches five. in the red four. zone <laughs> went for touchdowns. He's going – He's. I mean, the volume is is – not there particularly, but if you're looking at a regular guy without Zach Ertz, he's getting good volume for a tight end. He caught 25% of the team's TDs last season inside the 10. That's one out of every four targets went to him inside the 10. He's obviously their guy, and with Alshon Jeffrey going on the pup list, he's going to get those looks because he's the big boy that goes up and gets it. But can he keep up that pace? It's going to be hard to predict. So what do you think about Dallas Goddard? I actually like Goddard at ADP this year. I think he's going to end somewhere between tight end 9 through 12. I mean, the guy had eight red zone receptions last year, sixth in the league amongst tight ends. He's an athletic freak. I love Dallas Goddard. I think he's a great tight end. And if Zach Ertz were to go down, Dallas Goddard would be a star. So I think that's kind of baked into the cost too because you're getting a guy that you're drafting at around tight end 10 who's going to be tight end 10 but has a potential to be like a top three tight end if the guy ahead of him goes down. I mean, Dallas Goddard has been a star receiver. He was a ridiculous beast at South Dakota State, which you don't really see tight ends be ridiculous beasts in college. And he's been very good for the Eagles as well. So I'm okay with Dallas Goddard at ADP. He's just, he's going to, he's not going to have huge weeks, but he's going to be involved in that offense. He could score two touchdowns in a week and have a huge week. Jason, what are your thoughts on Goddard? I don't love him. I, I told you guys why. He had 88 targets last year and he really didn't do that much with it. And I think that if anyone's going to take targets, if any tight end is going to lose targets this year, it's probably Goddard. I don't think Ertz is going to. 
Um, so with Jalen Ragor, he's playing every role. At first, Doug Peterson said he's only going to play the Deshaun Jackson role. But now they're moving him around the entire formation. Alshon Jeffrey could get off pup before the season starts. But Goodwin is always gone a question too. mark. Goodwin is gone. I mean, but there are other weapons. And Sanders is still going to catch passes as well. Yeah. So I just don't see enough work going Goddard's way for him to be viable when he wasn't even that viable last year when he got 88 targets. It's, I think if he scores 10 touchdowns and has a Tyler Eifert-like year, like if he has 600 yards and 10, 10 touchdowns, touchdowns. Be, that's also, I think surprising. the tight ends are a little deep this year too. I mean, we like yeah. Hawkinson late. Jonu Smith is a decent play. Jack Fant. Doyle has some um, no upside. I like Eric Ebron. We'll get into that next week. Um, all right, let's go to the wide receivers then. No wide receiver on the Eagles is being drafted within the top 50 of wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson's always hurt, like I said. We don't know about Jalen Rager's role. He's being tried out all over the place, like Jason said. Marquis Goodwin opt out. Alshon Jeffrey, if he comes back, he's someone that I might be interested in. Um, if Alshon Jeffrey comes back, then my thoughts on Dallas Goddard are kind of stay away because that's also a big target in the end zone. So are you taking a shot at any Eagles wide receiver this year? Not really. Maybe I'll take D-Jax yeah. late for um, the games where he has a good matchup. Hope he booms. I want nothing to do with Jeffrey. He's a touchdown-dependent player at this point who's always hurt. Um, Ragor is a decent wild card right now, but honestly, I think his ADP is going to start climbing because there's it a is, lot of so. hype about him on Twitter right now. And, you know, people like their shiny new rookie toys, but he's still a rookie. Has to get acclimated to multiple roles now. So there's going to be a growing curve there. No preseason games. Yeah, I don't want Ward... Uh, Arthago Whiteside, we'll see how he turns out. We can't give up on him yet, but it wasn't a great rookie season, so I'm I'm staying away. I, I think, I don't know, you, like you said, he's not even being drafted in the top 50, Jalen Rager. I'm 100% taking a shot at him there because it's just pure upside. If he does end up being the number one, I mean, we, we saw Scary Terry just put up 1,000 yards. A.J. Brown had a year and a half. I could see Jalen Rager having a successful season, especially when there's not really any... I mean, but also this is what people said about Ortega Whiteside last year, and we saw how that turned out. But Rager is a better player. If I'm, I, for me, like Deshaun Jackson feels like someone I might take a chance on in the late rounds because, especially if I'm giving up on quarterback and tight end, and I'm streaming those positions and I'm taking them super late, I, I'm taking a shot. Um, one injury away, I put Boston Scott because I think he's going to be um, good in the in the running back role if Miles Sanders gets hurt, but. Um, I, now Michael honestly has has t- tilted me towards Dallas Goddard. If Zach Ertz gets hurt, Dallas Goddard's going to be an absolute animal. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Goddard here. I'll switch it up and go Rhaegar. There's a lot of different injury things you can see on the Eagles, but if Jeffrey does end up on Pup and then Djax or J-Jaw or Ward, I don't know. There's a lot of people who can get injured on that team. Rhaegar could have to take a step up right away. Visit patreon.com slash brotofantasy to join our uh, exclusive, exclusive. Uh, fantasy leagues. Um, for as little as $5 a month, you can get into a league with people who actually know what the hell they're doing. Uh, it's so hard to get into a league with people who know what they're doing. I'm going to tell you a real quick story. Last year, I was in a Yahoo league, and I'm, you know, just, just flexing. I'm uh, in the 99th percentile in Yahoo, you know what I'm saying? So I'm in a league with other 99th percentile people, and I had the most points in the league, but I missed the playoffs because the last two weeks of the season, the guy in front of me was playing a dude that settles, that wasn't paying attention because he was in last place. And I missed the playoffs, and then I scored the most points in the league, and then I scored the most points in the playoffs. I had Miles Sanders on that team. It was very disappointing. <laughs> that's and that's what, what happens when you join public leagues. Tim join Solid. our leagues, because not only do people know what they're doing and care, if someone's not active, we kick them out. 
So, so I was going to say, that's what you get for not either playing in a Brodo league or not playing in like a high stakes league. That's I'll what you get you, in public leagues. It was a hundred, it was a hundred dollars though. Oh shit, really? It was yeah. higher stakes. That's it wasn't decent. high stakes, it was right. higher. Yeah. I'm going to the FFPC next season. All right. With that being said, you're going to I'm Brodo. <laughs> I mean, I'm already in Brodo. That's, you know, obviously I'm part of Brodo, but I'm talking about for Oh, anyway. if you also want to play FFPC. Head to our website, and uh, there's a link there. Help us out a little. Use the affiliate code. Honestly, the best high stakes, and it's not even super high stakes. We can get in for like $35 as well, but yeah. it just it's always active, always good drafters. Um, these people like set ADP some of these drafts. So great league. Check out Broto Fantasy and click Jason on Jason had tremendous there. success last year, his first time playing. So we're going to be giving you guys info. Issues, just ask Michael about it. What, what? True that. Later. Later. Wait, we didn't even plug ourselves. <laughs> oh, shit. We forgot to plug ourselves.